drank my apple juice? Oh, y'all don't hear me? Huh? Huh? Who drank my goddamn apple juice? Oh, Terry. Stop cussing. This ain't deaf comedy jam. I put a big ass red. Yeah. Stop cussing. Who 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 who, who, who drank my goddamn apple juice? Oh. Who drank my goddamn coffee? Coffee. Put that coffee down. Who drank my goddamn apple juice? Put that coffee down. All right, so what's up, you guys, and welcome back to the Coffee and Apple Juice podcast. This is our first official episode of 2021. Um, like I told y'all in the last episode, um, I was in the process of buying a house on top of everything else that we've been dealing with in 2020. I finally closed on my house. Y'all see my, like, this is my bedroom. Um, But I was so excited about buying a house that I decided to bring on my, my realtor on the show to Basically, give y'all all the information y'all need so that y'all can be in my position um, sometime soon to where y'all can go out and buy y'all a house, okay? So, um, in just a few minutes, I'm going to bring on my realtor. Her name is Diaria, and I love her to death. Um, I'm going to bring her on, and then we're going to go ahead and discuss home ownership and information that you guys would need as first-time home buyers. Now, this is our first time doing a Zoom episode, so y'all have to be mindful. We're still working out the kink. Hey, Dee. Hi. How are you? How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. I My day didn't go as planned. I had a showing that uh, ran longer, so now I'm in my car. Doing this. For everybody that's watching, this is my realtor. Um, I owe her, like, so much because I really love my house, D. Like, oh my God, I love my house so much. And I want to thank you so much for speaking with me because we had a really, really long trying journey. Um, but I, I absolutely love my house. My bedroom looks so pretty. Like, I just I love my house. My children, they love it. It was a really, really trying experience, but I so thank you for sticking it out with me. Yeah. So go ahead and tell the people a little bit about yourself and how did you get into real estate? Okay. Um, just a quick side note is I got into real estate. Um, didn't know much about it. Once I started learning, I became passionate about educating people. Um, first time home buyers, teaching people things that I didn't know. My family didn't know um, things that I didn't learn. I feel like um, people, you know, want to talk about being a homeowner, but they don't really tell you what you need to know until you're in it or until, yeah. you know, until it's too late or something like that. You don't really find out until you're in it and you're like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, I learned a lot. Um, like my house was a new construction, so it was built from the ground up, but even getting in it, everything wasn't perfect. They still ain't came out and painted my bathroom wall, but that's another conversation. Yes, they still haven't. But anyways, that's another conversation. Um, so what I did was I took to social media and I gathered, um, a couple questions that I just felt like was repeatedly being asked by first-time home buyers. And so with your expertise, I just wanted to kind of bring you onto my podcast to let you answer these questions so that a lot of people that are interested in purchasing home, whether it be their first home or their third home, you know, I just feel like it's a lot of information that is being misconstrued that you being a realtor, you deal with this stuff every day. You deal with the lawyers, you deal with the lenders. So I feel like you would be, um, a great a great expert to kind of come on and just let's clear the air. Let's get all these questions answered so that someone who's listening, who's looking into purchasing a home this year um, will be able to have the knowledge that they need to go into the situation with eyes wide open. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So our first question would be is, um, what's the first step that a potential home buyer should take when it comes to wanting to buy a house? So they wake up one morning and they say, hey, I think I want to buy a house this year. What is the first step that they need to take to start that process to home ownership? 
Okay, so good question. So first step that someone should take is come up with a plan, um, have a timeline. Um, you know, if they wake up and say they want to be a homeowner, they need to come up with a timeline. So then that helps them um, kind of facilitate what is needed. So if they wake up and they say, okay, well, I want to buy a home. If it's January 5th, they say, I want to buy a home in August. Um, first thing would be to talk to a lender. Um, find out what your credit score, your FICO scores, um, have some kind of knowledge of that. You also want to make sure that you have um, a good working history, um, verifiable income, um, W-2s, um, tax returns if you're self-employed. You want to do all of those things. You want to make sure you know what's going on. Also want to have money saved. First, first, first. That was, I would say that too. You can't just uh, wake up. It's some, it's some rare cases, but I'm, I'm not a person that tells someone, yeah, you can buy a house with $20. That that's not the reality <laughs> of that's not the reality. You have you you're paying for something, right? You're paying for something. Yeah. So make sure that you have your finances in order. That's first. That's very first. Yeah. First. When I um I I decided back in January that I wanted to become a homeowner, and even though it took me to December to actually close on a house, um. But I did. I definitely did wake up with the mindset that, you know, 2020, I want to buy a house. Now, this was way before COVID had kind of did its little thing or did its big thing, really. Um, but yes, I woke up January 2020 and decided this year is going to be my year to purchase a home. Um, despite the hurdles, the potholes, the turbulence, the people in my way, the, the just... But, the besides the bullshit, I finally closed on my house. Um, but yes, I, I honestly agree with you, but I also agree. I also want to say this too. When you decide that you want to purchase a home, you have to change your mindset too. You know, I know I know with me, I had to change my mindset. When I'm becoming a homeowner, a lot of things has changed for me. Like you said, finances, get your finances in order. So that means. Um, I used to buy clothes on a weekly basis before I bought my house. Now it's like I'm buying clothes on like a monthly basis, you know, like, okay, I really like this shirt, but can I really afford to buy this shirt? You know, instead of just paying for it right now, let me go ahead and put it on layaway and then purchase it, you know, a couple weeks from now, you know, so it's like my spending habits have changed. Um, I value, I value my money. I value things that I, you like you. Okay. So if I was just renting and renting a house, it's one thing, but I own this house. This is mine. So, you know, I, I just, I take a little bit more pride in it, you know? Um, and I just, I just value a lot of things a little differently now. You know, I actually have something that I can leave behind to my kids. So I really just, I take pride in my house. I, I can't say it enough. I love my house, girl. I love it. Love it. Uh, love it. You. I like the little chair thing you got back there. I'm like, ooh, Thank that's you. Nice. Oh, and it lights up and everything. So this was, I bought, okay. So when I first started the journey, I was like, <laughs> okay, let me start buying little pieces, you know, to put in my house. So I had bought this chair way back in like March and I kept it in the box because I'm like, I'm not going to open it until... Um, I actually moved in and I just opened that box December and put that chair up. So I put some little uh, fairy lights around it. So when I sit and I meditate and just kind of clear my mind, I have my lights on. I have my Janae Aiko playing on my Alexa and I just vibe like my house is a whole vibe. I just love it. But let's get back to these questions because I want to educate <laughs> the people on purchasing a home. All right. So um, let's talk about credit. What's the required credit score to purchase a home now um, nowadays? Because I know it. when I first started, my credit was a 636. And they was accepting a 636. But then COVID hit and the lenders got really kind of, you know, scarce. And I was like, you know what? We're not taking a 636 no more. We need a 640. Nothing more or nothing less. You know, so what is the required credit score or the required FICO score um, to purchase a home now? So um, you're correct. It's 640. So for North Carolina, 
Um, I'm not sure if, you know, any of the viewers are in different states. Um, I have a friend that's in Atlanta and she, you know, posted something about theirs is 580. I'm like, what? Oh my. Um, I talked to another realtor in Virginia. Their requirement is 680. So it varies it state to state. It, it, yep, it, it depends on the state and where you are. Um, North Carolina 640 is required and that's for your middle score. So people, um, you know, some consider, so you'll have uh, three different scores. You'll have one that's, you know, 580, you'll have one that's 620 and you'll have one that is 700. They would take that 620. So it would be the median score that you have is the one that they take. So that's the one that has to be at least 640. Okay. Now I hear a lot of debt to income ratio. Um, it, it sounds self-explanatory, but can you explain to me what debt to income ratio is? So when it comes to purchasing a home, they base the amount of your loan off of your debt to income ratio. So can you explain that a little bit so everybody can get a clear understanding of what that is? Yep. So let's say you have someone that makes $32,000, okay? And they have zero debt. Um, their debt to income ratio is lower than someone that has um, $32,000 um, income. And let's say they own a $40,000 car. So then now that puts you at $40,000 in debt. So your debt to income ratio in that scenario would be higher. So the lower the debt to income ratio, the better, the higher, the more um, least likely. So the. Oh, I think we know. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I think it's just buffering and going in and out, um, but I can still hear you. Okay, so if you're someone who makes, let's say they make $50,000 or $100,000 and they buy a Tesla, um, which is, you know, people do, or they buy, you know, a um, luxury vehicle. Yeah, they have the income, their salary might be $100,000, but they their debt might be 80,000. So then that that's a factor, um, you know, so it's really about debt. The lower the debt, the better. If you yeah, have with, like, yeah. With my, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Right. So we can use you as a, you know, um, an example, like your debt's income was lower. And so your it made your loan um, amount higher. Yeah. So with my debt, the only debt that I had was my student loans. Um, like I told you guys last episode, I was so adamant about buying a home that I just cleared up my own credit. I was paying things off that was on my credit. So the only thing that's on my credit right now is my student loans. Oh, and I took out a credit card um, to kind of help boost my credit, but I'm still paying on it. So it's not like I'm in the negative or anything with that. But those are the only two items on my credit report. My student loans, which is $27,000. So if it's a celebrity out there trying to bless a sister, listen, pay that. Get Sally me out of my pocket. Um, but yes, my student loans is the only debt that I have. And my income is, more, I make more in income than I do in my debt. So my debt to income ratio was lower, which gave me, um, which was good in my case, because I was able to uh, um, get approved for a higher loan amount so that I can purchase, I'm going to say a house that I, like I need a house with space because I have four children. So Yes. Thank you for answering that. All right. So the next question is, let's talk about these loans. So a lot of the two most popular loans that I hear about is conventional and FHA. Can you explain what a conventional loan is and what an FHA loan is and then which is better as for, for first time home buyers or how exactly does um, a, a lender determine which loan that person like which loan do they feel that person should get? Does that make sense? Yep, that's a good question. So okay. um, I run across people, oh, so I'll explain conventional first. So conventional loan usually is for someone who meets a certain credit score. Um, you typically it's in this, I think it's 700, 720s. 
something like that, that varies. So, um, and I, I think they kind of mix and match. The lenders mix and match. So let's say you have someone that has like a 720 credit score and lower debt to income, but they don't have money saved to use. Um, so then they may suggest, okay, well, you know, um, FHA might be better. Conventional, usually you have at least 10% to put down in down payment or closing costs or something like that. And that's 10% of the purchase price of the home. So if it's $250,000, then they should have, um, let's do the math, like uh, 40, 80,000, maybe 60,000, something like that. Um, and down payment. So they usually um, qualify for a conventional, whereas FHA, that's typically more um, someone who might have, who have the credit score and they'll have the income, but let's say they don't have the money um, saved to put down. So for, as far as first time home buyers, I would say FHA because it's centered around that. It's centered for first time home buyers. So if somebody goes and they buy a house and then they let's say at that time they, they're approved for conventional they will have to at least um kind of like not have a home if that makes sense for a few years before they can use that fha loan type again so if it's your first one definitely look into fha some people are approved for conventional and fha and they just kind of, did, you know, factor in if they want to, they have an option to pick which one they want to do. So it just depends on what the rate is, uh, what matters to that person. Somebody might have $20,000, $40,000 saved, and they might say, I still want FHA. Okay. Okay. So the next question is, um, all right, so... We've got our pre-approval from the lender and she gave us the go ahead to start looking at houses. What are some things we should look for when we go view these homes? Like besides the, the, the glam, the pretty cabinets, the nice floors, you know, the, the detailing on the, um, God, what is the name? Crown molding. Besides that, what are some of the things that we should look at or look for when it comes to viewing these homes, like um, I heard someone say that you should start running the water and let the water run until you leave or something like that. So like, what are some of the things that a first time home buyer should look, look out for when it comes to viewing a home? So when it comes to viewing the home, you want to look at the ceilings. You want to look for patches on the ceilings to see if maybe it was something um, other than just like a, a paint job, a bad paint job, you want to see if it looked like maybe somebody fell through the ceiling. Um, you want to look for something. crack. Yep. Or a leak. Yep. That's yeah, a good one okay. too. So you want for signs of leaks. Um, usually if you start to see like brown, um, if it's brown, it looks kind of old um, spots, um, you know, like an old leak, you, you definitely want to look for those. You want to look down on the floors. You want to see if you see cracks or any kind of imperfections that um, are possibly from shifting or foundation. Um, cracks in the walls, cracks um, towards the ceiling. So it might be a crack over the doorway. That's usually signs of some kind of shifting in the house. Um, and shifting can be you know, something that you don't worry about. Shifting could be something really horrible that could be a very expensive fix. Um, you want to look at, mm, what else? Light fixtures. You want to kind of see if, if you walk into a home and you feel like they took care of that home, it shows. So they can paint it and make it look nice, but you want to, you know, kind of feel like somebody took care of this home. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll, it'll show. It'll, it will definitely show. Um, maybe see if they updated it. Sometimes people will buy a home and they don't do updates. And it can be simple updates as a faucet. And to me, that kind of says that they lived in this home. Sometimes people live in home for 20 years and they'll live in the home and they won't update the faucet. And, I'm, and I kind of look at it like if they lived in this home this long and they didn't update the faucet, 
then what is it behind the scenes that we don't see that they haven't done? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes simple like wood rot. Some people, um, it could be your gutters. If, check the gutters if you can see it. Um, look for the, when you go outside, see if you see cracks on the siding. See if you see like a discoloration. Like, are they having someone come and pressure wash? So, um, just little things and then go with your gut. Um, Ask the agent that's there what they think, if they see anything. Yeah. Because even though this was a new new model, um, I still had a few questions about a few things. But my my questions were a little petty, like how the uh, soft closed drawers didn't didn't close softly, so um, or it didn't close all the way, or just you know little minor stuff. But I can say that the builder did a really good job with my home. Um, but that's why inspections are important too. So when it comes to home ownership, you're re- uh, depending on the house that you're uh, thinking about buying, you are required to get an inspection done so that you can kind of have it on paper, some of the things that may be wrong with your home. Um, So that's why that's important. And even though my home was a new construction and I wasn't required to get one because the city did one, I still feel like I should have got one done um, just for my own sake, because I don't know, I just feel like I should have got one done, but I have already put it in my mind that every five years, I'm going to get an inspection done on my home just to kind of keep me up to date or in the know with anything that may be going wrong or, you know, just things of that nature. So, yeah, but um, really quick that I want to say for you, you have new construction and you had issues. Do you remember that first night, that first couple days you had issues in your house and it's Mm kind of like new construction like what why are we dealing with not having heat why are we dealing with um mm-hmm. with the washer hookup or something you know minor things um that was- it was they they were all minor so like um my home has a heat pump and the heat pump from what the guy explained to me it's small so it's really not he said that with the heat pump in your home it's not meant to have your house 75 degrees or higher like is he said it's just it's not meant for to make the house super hot um and then like with the washer um connection it was just a plastic cap that needed to be broke you know taken out so that i can connect my washer and dryer um and then uh okay so my dish uh was it the dish no the light over the sink electrically wasn't connected so like it would never come on um, so yeah, even though this was a new construction, we still had some minor issues that we had to get the guy who built the house to send the people out here to kind of, you know, fix it. I have to call him back because my ceiling fan isn't working and I've been getting, uh, I've been sweating at night. So I kind of want to work my ceiling fan at night. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of little, little things that we've been dealing with, but nothing major to the point where it was going to make me say, you know, what, I don't want this house anymore. You know, they were minor fixes, but they were fixes nonetheless, you know? So mm-hmm. that was definitely, um, even though it was a new construction, you're going to always find something wrong. Um, you know, once I got in here and kind of blessed my home with my energy, I was okay. But regardless if the house was built from the ground up or if it was there for the last 200 years, you're going to always have something that needs to be done or something that needs to be fixed so yeah um all right so the next question is equity what is equity and what is equity basically so equity is the money that is put into your house um in your mortgage so um for someone that pays for a two hundred thousand dollar house and they spit there in the house for 10 years. They have um, built equity. So equity is very valuable. Let's say you find out that you have $50,000 in equity and you need to update your bathroom or update, you know, the kitchen or there's something that you just want to do. You can call your lender and you say, hey, um, can I grab some of that equity um, that's in the house? and use it towards, you know, um, updating something in my, in my home. That's what equity is. So when you, that's why people say that you have to kind of, within two years, you don't really have that much equity. It's more so 
when you're like doubling up payments, some people do it that way to try to build equity or you've been there for a while and you'll build up equity that way. You can also use equity to purchase another, another property. Um, you can use equity for whatever it is you want to do. Um, the lender would be able to sort of guide someone to do that. So let's say for Aisha, um, she decides that she wants, you know, after living in a house for, for 10 years, she decides that she want to take her equity and buy another property. She can take the money, use that as a down payment and then buy another property. Okay, D, hold that thought. Let's take a quick break and pay some bills and we'll be right back. All right, y'all. So we're back and we're talking about equity in your home. Cool. Now, what? how does... Um like the neighborhood that I live in, how does that play into equity? Because like, I hear a lot of people saying, um, uh, if you got a, if you're living in a good neighborhood that can increase your property value and that can, you know, get you equity in your home, things of that nature. Can you kind of explain that? Um, just how the area that you live in can, has a lot to do with your equity because in the neighborhood that I have moved to, there's a baseball field that they just built probably a mile away. And I need to know how that plays into homegirl equity because I do plan on purchasing some more property in the future. So that's a really good question. So um, that affects property value. So since you have that baseball field coming there, right? So you have your appraisal when you're going through the home buying process, they tell you what the house is currently worth at that time. So then if you have a home, uh, it appraises for $200,000 and let's say they build or like a baseball field and it's somewhere where people want to be, that's increasing your property value. Um, let's say they build, um, you have things that decrease value as well. So let's say they build, a, it's a train track. Um, some tra train tracks can decrease value. So you want to make sure when you're, you know, um, looking and considering properties, you want to make sure that it is something that will increase value. Um, sometimes it's hard, hard to tell, um, but usually uh, you can kind of see. So like for Aisha's case, the baseball field will increase her value. So um, a good scenario will say, okay, so what it might take someone else in a regular neighborhood where they don't have a baseball field, it might take them 10 years to have the same amount of equity that it'll take for Aisha's house to be in five years because of that baseball field. Also, um, my mom mentioned to me that crime can lower your property value as well. Um, yep. live, what about being in a school, uh, a school zone? Because do that increase the property value or decrease it? That increases depending okay. on the rate of the school or the you know how who wants to be at that school oh, so like okay okay yeah like I union what you're saying. county yeah union county cabarrus county those are counties and areas that people just want to be in so it has a higher potential to increase because of that so it's, it's a number of factors um that will increase or decrease i tell people to stay up to date with the neighborhood learn okay. when it's time to sell when it's time not to sell Okay. All right. So I was just pre-approved for a loan. What are some things that home buyers, while they're in the process of buying a home, what are the do's and don'ts of when, as, while you're in your home buying process? You know, I was trying to buy furniture like two weeks in and that was a no-no. <laughs> so what are the do's and don'ts when you're in the process of buying a home? Like you've been pre-approved by a lender. You're just waiting on them to dot the I's, cross the T's. What are some things that home buyers need to know not to do and what is okay for them to do during the process? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, so um, during the process, what is okay for you to do? It is okay for you to pay for um you know regular things like if you wanted to go out to eat you can do that um you can save your money that's that's what you're supposed to do save <laughs> your money save 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 so if you can cook more at home or eat cheap you know that is always definitely a on the do side do always save money you need money 
Um, don't. I have a bunch of those. Don't apply for any type of credit card, any type of, I don't care what they tell you. Anything do that not, you got to put your social security number on, don't do it. Do not do that. I don't care if it's your um, mother comes and they say, well, I really just need um, a co-signer. Don't, do not, you, no, do not do that. Don't do that. Do not switch jobs. Please don't, don't do that. Um, do not, do, do not, that's a definite, do not, do not switch jobs. Do not switch careers. Do not try to lie and hide um, what you do. That's because we're going to find out. Don't do that. Um, that will delay your closing or, or potentially hurt your closing. Um, do not lie. Don't try to um, let's say you have like multiple streams of income and you try to hide it some kind of way. If the lender finds out that's, you know, that's potentially hitting on mortgage fraud. Um, it's a bunch. I have a bunch of do nots. Do not apply for anything or buy anything. Like I had to tell Miss Aisha on the day of closing or once you have <laughs> closed, she got her clear to close and she was, y'all, she was ready to go to the mall. I wanted, I just wanted some furniture. Like, so during my closing, my stove at the house that I was living in, or before I closed my stove at the house that I was living in had like went out on me. So I wanted to either go out and buy a new stove. Like I was, I was so ready to just spend money, but I had to, honey, that little money was burning a hole in my pocket. Like we ended up eating out or cooking at my mom's house for like almost a month. Because I didn't want to do nothing that was going to potentially keep me from closing. Because mind y'all, I had started this process back in January and February. And here it is, September. I finally found a house that I was, you know, really in love with, with no issues, you know. So it was like, it was taking everything in me to just stay focused. Like, okay, I found the house and I know how I'm going to decorate it. So I need to go buy furniture and I need to get this and I need to get that. Like, I was just so ready to spend. But you kept telling me, no, 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 Aisha. No, don't spend it, Aisha. You don't need the furniture right now, Aisha. Let's get you in the house first, Aisha. So when they tell you not to spend, they really mean it. They And I really think it's a test of the will too, you know? Like, we know you want to go out and start buying stuff, but are you really, really, really dedicated to getting this house that you're not gonna just spend no money you know so well it was a test of my will because mind you I was going shopping every week my rent was like almost half the half the amount of my mortgage now so I had extra money to spend like I was buying shoes and clothes and eating out maybe two three times a week um just spending frivolously (laughs) So it's like now that I'm in the house, it's like I have to be mindful. So we probably, I'll probably order pizza maybe once since we've been here. I think my daughter had some money, so she ordered a pizza once. But for the most part, I've been trying to like cook. Um, I haven't been going out. The only only shopping I've really been doing is like getting the house together, getting things that we need. But for the most part, I haven't been eating out. I've been cooking. I don't care if it's something as simple as a sandwich. Let me eat this sandwich before I go to work so I don't have to stop and get me nothing to eat anywhere because I have to treat my bank account as if it's a couple of zeros less than what's actually in there, you know? Um, so yes, do not go out and buy anything. If it requires you to put your social security number on it, look, don't even do it because that's going to mess you up in the end. So I learned I learned, even though it didn't bother me, like I didn't get in trouble or anything because I didn't spend it after I got into the house. But even still, don't buy it. It's not worth it. Get your house first, then go out and purchase whatever you want. I also want to add in there too, Aisha is a homeowner. So if let's say, and so the things that were wrong with her house are covered under the builder because he agreed to a one-year warranty. I will give her like a little disclosure, disclaimer on that. So if she wouldn't have had a warranty and a builder that was, you know, you know, cares about we're done, then you, you know, she would have to pay for that. 
So let's say the water pump or something goes out or the water heater goes out. That's coming out of your pocket. That's your house now. You don't have somebody else to just call. That, that's mm-hmm. you. The plumbing. You have plumbing issues. Let's, let's say the plumber comes out and say, oh, it's $3,000. That's you. So that's why it's important to save money and, and think smart. Because even, you know, after you close your house and let's say you don't have to use all your savings because you've been, you know, saving all that time. Don't just go out and just go crazy with the money because you never know. You own that house now. Your your child might go to the sink and rip the whole faucet off. And mm. not, not, yeah, I, that <laughs> happened to me when I was a kid. And I remember just seeing the water just shooting up to the roof, to the ceiling. I'm like, oh. You know, now I think about it now, it's like, that that was probably expensive <laughs> <laughs> to do all of that, to fix it, have somebody come out and help, stop the water. Like, it's, you got to think wise, y'all. Yeah, definitely got to think wise. Um, one of the things that I've gotten in the habit of doing is, so um, once I found out how much my mortgage was going to be, um. Okay, so for example, let's say my rent was $500, but my house payments was going to be $1,000. So before I closed on my house, what I got in the habit of doing was not only was I going ahead and paying my, well, my, I had, okay, so back in August, I paid my rent up to like November. So all the money that I was making at work, I was able to kind of stack that a little bit. But when, what I was doing also was, I had my rent money and even though my rent was paid, I had my rent money in my checking account, but I was putting that additional $500 that would total up the amount of my mortgage payment. I was putting that in a savings account. And it's like, once you see, a, once you start saving and you realizing what you're saving for, oh my God, it just like, I, I'm in love with saving money now. You know, like I really enjoy taking a couple hundred dollars from my paycheck and sticking them to the side. You know, I have this model where I'm going to pay myself first. So before I pay Duke Energy, before I pay the gas company, before I pay my cell phone bill, I'm going to make sure that I get paid first. If it ain't nothing but $50 a week for my paycheck, I am going to make sure that I pay my savings account first. Because at the end of the day, if COVID was to come back full force or, I mean, it's still here, don't get me wrong, but if it was to come full force to where they shut down everything, even essential workers, if they shut down everything or whatever the case may be, I need to make sure that I have money set aside to support me and my family until I'm able to go back to work. So I always pay myself first. Every paycheck, it never fails. I am transferring some amount of money to a savings account and I'm not touching it. Once my checking account is empty, I have to wait till the next paycheck. I am a homeowner, but I still live by a paycheck to paycheck mentality. Um, even though I have money saved up, I'm going to make sure I get all the bills paid. But at the same time, I'm going to pay me first. I am a bill. My lifestyle, my home, my children, we they are a bill to me. So I make sure that I pay my savings account to pay my life bill first. You know, so I encourage any and everybody pay yourself first. Yeah, you need you need your lights, but I mean they can wait. That's just how they in my book they gonna wait. I'm gonna pay me first, and they might not be the most wise uh, advice to give to anybody. But at the same time, that's just how I I'm living my life. I'm gonna pay me first. Like I said, even if it's only fifty dollars, I'm gonna make sure I pay me first. Right. I get what you're saying because it's basically about sacrifice. So yeah. like, you know, you, like you say, you like, and I remember, I don't know if you remember the first day that I met you with the first house, you told me then you said, I like to wear my, wear my money. I like to buy myself some shoes and yes. every time I had on some cute shoes, mm. ice in the shoes, some kind of <laughs> nice sweater or something, leggings, like you, it was always so cute and matched up. And you Thank said that you said, I like to wear my money. And so well, that, I, that has changed, even though don't get me wrong. I have a closet full of clothes. Oh my God. When I was, when the guy came and put my closet rods in and I was hanging up all my stuff, I had stuff that still had the price tag on it. And I was so mad. Cause I was like, girl, you don't spend money on this and you didn't even wear it. Like, what was the point? So listen, 
that I still want to be cute when I go out and when I'm, you know, when I'm on the scene or whatnot. But at the same time, I'm a homeowner. I ain't even got to get cute no more because I own my house. Like, I say that for the people who got something to prove. I don't have anything to prove anymore because I'm accomplishing all the goals that I wanted to accomplish. This is my thought process anyway. So, you know, it's like I don't put a whole lot of effort into my outfits anymore. Like, I make sure my pajamas match when I go and check my mailbox, but that's about it. That's about it. (laughs) That's about it. And I'm not trying to brag, y'all. It's just that I have overcame a whole lot. Like five years ago, I was living in a government-assisted apartment where my rent was $50 and $75, and it was still a struggle for me to pay that. So we're talking just a five-year difference and I already own my own home. Like that's big for me, you know? So I'm not trying to brag. It's just that looking back on the steps that I had to take to get here, I can toot my horn just a little bit, just a little bit, you know, because single mother, four kids doing it by myself. I had to go, I went back to school, you know, became a massage therapist. So I'm licensed in my career, you know, like I have a lot of things to be proud of myself for because I could have stayed in the position where I was at and just been confined to that particular lifestyle. But that wasn't me. You know, I want better for my kids. I want it better for myself. You know, when you live in those type of situations, like every time I turned around, I was pregnant with another baby. I'm not required to work. I just got to come up with $75 a month and I don't have to work. What? Every time I turned around, I was pregnant because I was always being laid up with my boyfriend or whatever man I was with at the time. So it's like, I decided that I didn't want to live like that no more. I decided that I wanted better for me. But not only that, I wanted better for my kids. But once I got better for me, then I can be the example or the role model that my kids need me to be for them. You know, I don't uh, I don't desire a lifestyle where my kids is praising celebrities and singers and rappers. I don't want that. I want them to praise me. I want them to see my work ethic and see how hard that I'm going in the paint for the things that I want. And I want them to work just as hard as I am. So five years ago, I was in a government assistant apartment where I wasn't required to work. I didn't have to go back to school. I didn't have to do anything because I had kids and my income was low. They gave me an apartment for cheap. And that's fine. But at the same time, look at the, look at where it got me. I was every time I turned around, I was just stagnant in that one one position. You know, so once I decided I didn't want to live like that no more, I walked out on faith. I went back to school, found me a little trade, started working, making a little bit more money. And then I moved my kids out. Like one thing, one thing that I want to say is that once you start doing better than everybody around you, you cannot stay in that position because that's where the trouble comes, you know, and nobody likes, there's like a crab in a bucket mentality. You trying to get out, they going to find ways to pull you back in. So I had to get me and my kids out. We moved to another city where I was closer to family. I found a house. I started renting that house. And my first year in the house that I was renting outside of my government assistant apartment was the worst year of my life. I had so many bills that I had to now put myself in position to pay. So it was, it was like the worst struggle of my life, but I made it through. And it's like year after that, I just started in my, just getting better at it, getting better at it. Then I realized, well, if I'm paying this man all this money every month and then only for him to come and be able to put me out whenever he get ready, I'd rather just have my own house where can't nobody put me out as long as I'm paying my mortgage. So that's when I got it into my mind. Okay, you know what? It's time to own some. I, I'm talking about I was working 50 and 60 hours a week just to make it happen so that I can put myself in a better position so that my kids, so I can leave my kids something. You know, at the end of the day, nobody wants to work on a job all day long, all week long, only to not have nothing to show for it. You know, so I re- I got a story to tell, even though I like I said, I don't want it to come off as if I'm bragging. I just really have a story to tell. You know, I don't regret my children. I love my children with everything in me. But at the end of the day, I was in a really stagnant place five years from now. And now look at me. I own my own home. So I'm doing this episode and I'm bringing Diaria onto my platform to inform you guys of um just to kind of keep you guys just put y'all in the know of some of the things that y'all need to know because I want everybody to hear my story and I want everybody to know that oh shit was she a single mama with four kids and she just bought a house I can buy a house 
You know, like this is possible. It's just a lot of information that's being thrown around that is not accurate. And so me being that I, I know the information and I've experienced it, I want to put my story out there to y'all so that y'all can go out and do the same thing that I did. But first, you have to change your mindset. You have to get into the get to the point where you just tired of being where you at. And once you get once you get where once you at that point where you tired of where you at, you tired of what's around you and you want to change that, that's all it's gonna take to move you forward. That's all it's gonna take to move you forward. Um, all right, so D, I got one last question for you, and then I'm gonna let you go. Um, and we're this question is about interest rates. So I got a really, really low interest rate. My interest rate was 2.25%. That's can that's Ooh. low. Yes, girl. Yeah. 2.25%. So that is that's low. I'm sure it could go lower than that, but um with the market that we were in, that was really low for me and that was a blessing, believe it or not. That was a blessing. Yeah. Um so let's talk interest rate. What is interest rate? So the interest rate is what the lender um So let's say it's more about um safety and safety for the loan. So then they'll charge a higher interest, let's say, um, for, let's do home, um, cars. So they'll charge a higher interest if they feel like the, um, if they don't really have that much trust in the person or the score or something like that. So what the Federal Reserve is trying to do with COVID is prevent a recession. So they have, you know, came together and said, hey, well, let's lower these interest rates and make them competitive. Um, so that people feel encouraged to um, buy homes. So that's why it's low right now. It plans to be low um, all of 2021. So a lot of people are like, well, I, if I don't buy the house now, then it's going to skyrocket in the summer. That's not true. It's all of 2021. Interest rates will be low like they are right now. Um, interest rate affects is affected by your credit score as well. Um, but you just heard Aisha herself, her, her credit score wasn't a 800 and she still has a 2.25 interest rate. So don't be fooled by that either. Um, you know, and shop around and find a glitter that might be able to they'll change their, their tone and they'll say, oh, okay, well, um, we, we can beat that. We can, we can match it because they want your business because we're, you know, you're not buying, you know, a t-shirt, you're buying a house, hundreds of thousands of dollars into a house they want to keep your business they want to keep you and make sure that you are going to purchase that house with them because they know they can you can go to anyone yeah well i really appreciate you um spending some time with me today answering all these questions um i can't thank you enough for the help that you have given me um my listen when it came to this journey of me purchasing this particular house it was the worst experience ever i don't want to discourage nobody i just had a lot of people working for me that wasn't working for me um but d you held it in you stuck by me and i appreciate you for that you girl you made your money (laughs) because we had so much stuff going on with this home buying process here, but yeah, you stuck by me and I appreciate you for that. I really do appreciate you for that. Um, but that's all the time that we have for y'all today. So once again, if you guys want to reach out to Diaria, if you have any other questions that we didn't answer, she is all over social media at Diaria Reed. Um, she is a North Carolina licensed realtor. Uh, what's the realtor company you work for again? I forgot. Keller Williams. Keller Williams. Okay. So you guys are more than welcome to hire her. She will not lead you wrong with the, with the realtors that I had before her. I just didn't feel like they was working for me. I had one realtor who would have sold me a cardboard box if I would have let her. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I can't work with nobody like that. I need somebody who is going to put themselves in my shoes and tell me, well, you know, I'm going to be honest. I wouldn't even buy this. You know, like, so if you want somebody that is going to work for you and work with you, hire her because I'm telling y'all, she is the best that I've dealt with. And I've been through three realtors this whole process. She was number four. 
and I they all of them was just don't no I had I had one good one I had I had one good one but um it just didn't work out she ended up moving away um in the middle of my journey and so I had to find somebody else but yes real your realtor is extremely important because they handle a lot of the behind the scene business that you don't uh see or know they handle a lot of the paperwork they handle a lot of the communication between the homeowner um and the lender so they do a lot so your realtor is extremely important just make sure you get someone that you're extremely comfortable with because they are extremely important d i thank you so much for sharing your knowledge on my podcast um i look forward to speaking with you again in the future i hope that you have a blessed and prosperous um, career in real estate because that is definitely your field you deserve to be there um you you help me out a lot I can't thank you enough girl I still be texting you telling you thank you like, we went you through do. a lot so I really yeah, you thank gotta you keep these me. videos of your um up yep of course of course I want some pictures of your room too because I like oh I definitely will I definitely will. I like this Zoom, but if your internet is buffering, it can be a really, a really big headache. But thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and uh get off of this and then um I'll send you a copy of this once I finish editing it and everything, okay? Okay. All right, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. As always, thank you guys for listening to the Coffee and Apple Juice podcast. Please continue to support our podcast by listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, or SoundCloud. If you would like to keep in contact with us, feel free to head over to our social medias. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Coffee Apple Juice, as well as Twitter at CAJ Pod. Did you enjoy this episode and want to keep the conversation going? Click the link below in our description to join our group chat. Want to keep in contact with us? Need advice? Have questions about the show? Or just want to be a guest on our next episode? Email us at coffeeapplejuice at gmail.com. Peace and blessings. Until next time. DJ Rose.